0: Hello, and welcome to First Importance, the preaching and teaching ministries of First Baptist Church, West Memphis, Arkansas. Our prayer today is that you will be blessed and encouraged by the message to come. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're in Psalm chapter 77. I've entitled this devotion tonight, A Song for When We're Down. A Song for When We're Down. Now, if you If you look at worship music throughout the ages, especially if you were to look at contemporary Christian music, you will find that there's a lot of songs that just talk about uh, how happy we are when we are with the Lord and when we're talking about our relationship with Him. There are very few songs that really reflect uh, how we feel a lot of the times, which as we walk with the Lord, we know that there are ups and downs in our relationship. There are times of doubt, and there are times where we are unfaithful. And it's hard to find, I think, it's hard to find worship music, either in the hymnal or even now, that reflect, reflect those times for when we're down. As a matter of fact, you know, there are some... Uh, genres of music right now that are are really dedicated to the uh, to the times that you're down. You know, it's that it's that country music. You know, you play country music when you've uh, when you've lost your dog and your and your girl and your job and your money in your house. And it's that old joke: What happens when you when you play a country song backwards? You get your dog back, you get your girl back, you get your house back. But you know, I find that when I come to the Psalms, I find authentic worship. And to be quite honest with you, I find when I read the Psalms, Psalm, Psalms that are written to be sung to the Lord, I find a great deal of shallowness in music that we sing that can either be contemporary or some songs are even found God forbid, you know, even, some, even, even in our hymnal. You know, you look at the Psalms, you'll find a prominent theme of justice. And when is the last time that we have saying, Lord, bring justice here? You know, and it would seem maybe kind of odd for the way that we've the, we've conditioned ourselves just to sing about the good times. But when I look at the Psalms, I see that here are songs to be sung that are honest and transparent about the difficult times, and yet still point us to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. And Psalm 77 is one of those psalms. It's one of those psalms that we can cling to. I wrote about it in the Messenger this week. For those of you who uh, get it via email and you've already read it, uh, uh, you're gonna, you are going gonna—you already know the ending of, of this chapter. And for those of you who uh, get it in the mail, let me give you a little preview of that article that was written. Psalm chapter 77, beginning in verse 1. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and He will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wavering. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the people. You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lightened up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Would you pray with me, please? Father, as we now seek to come to your word and to study it, Father, I pray that we come not as uh, people who are just academic, who want to learn what your word has to say, but, Lord, as an act of worship, when we come to your word, we want to gaze upon Jesus. We want to be drawn closer to you. And, Father, we don't want to manipulate any of this text to just make us feel good. But, Father, we want to, we want to come to your word and see you glorified and, and let you be honored in our lives. Bless now the preaching of your word, please. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The psalm is written during a day of trouble. Have you ever had troubling times in your life? Yeah? Maybe maybe uh, you have heard that lie so often spoken by people who are well-intentioned. But the Christian life is a good life, and when you become a Christian, there are no more troubles anymore. But let me tell you, my friend... Uh, they're, They're not selling the same thing that we've got. Because the Bible tells us that there's troubles in this life. And all those who live a godly life in Christ Jesus, the Bible says, will be persecuted. Throughout the ages, we can look at saints who've gone on before us. We can look to God's Word and we can discover that their walk with Jesus, their walk with the Lord has been filled with high times and low times and the psalmist is just transparent and he's singing he's writing these songs to the lord notice what he says in verse 1 i cry aloud to god aloud to god and he will hear me what's your first response when you come in the times of trouble now men we know what our response is all too often When difficult times come, men, when trouble comes, you know what we do? We figure it out. We don't don't run from it. At least if if you're a manly man in my estimation, you don't run from those things. You face it. You figure it out. For me, when troubles come, I want to try to analyze it and try to figure out what I can do to make it right. But what's, what's the psalmist's first response here? When he goes through difficult times, what's his first response? He cries aloud to the Lord. You know, We live in a country that has taught us to be independent. I'm so thankful for the country that God has placed us in. But never let us forget that when we called upon Jesus as Lord, it was our declaration of dependence. Lord, we rely on you and we rely upon you fully. And we understand that we need you for every breath. We need you for every moment in my life. There is no no situation in my life. Small enough for me to manage and take care of on my own, but God always wants us to bring everything before Him. Aren't you thankful, church? That we can cast all of our cares upon Him because He cares for us. You know, I think of my little boy, Bo. He's not so little anymore, he's he's growing. You know, I don't know if I said this last week. It seems just like when I become a good parent in one stage of my child's life, they get to another stage, and I've got to learn it all over again. I'm just, and I'm just starting. As a matter of fact, someone said uh, just a while ago, a bell came out, and she smiled at me and said, Daddy, can I please do this? And she smiled, and one of the uh, parents said, uh, You're in trouble. <laughs> And I've said since day one, uh, when uh, Belle was born, I said, finally, I'm going to be like Paul. One day, I'm going to be preaching from a prison. I'm going to know what that feels like because I have a little girl. But, you know, we try to take care of things on our own. But really, the mark of someone who follows Jesus is kind of like my boy. When trouble comes, who does he want? Daddy. If there's something scary in his room, if he's had a bad nightmare, who does he want? He wants Daddy. He wants to come be with me. I mean, I'm just as scared as whatever the noise would be in his room is. he is, I'm sure. But he knows he can come to Daddy. He wants to come and be with me. Friends, you can go to God. The psalmist here, the response, the response that he wants to... Elicit the response that the Holy Spirit wants to elicit from His people and draw out of His people from this text is: is this, when you go through difficult times, don't wait to go to the Lord about it. Take it to Him, right off the bat. Take it to Him. You've heard it said He won't give you something more than you can handle. Yes, He will. You're not meant to handle it. You're frail. We are frail children of dust. We can't do anything. We're to take it to Him. What does that that old hymn says? How many trials and how many temptations have we gone through? How many of these things have we forfeited, all because we didn't take it to the Lord in prayer? Here He cries out aloud to God. When's the last time you did that, my friends? Whatever's going on in your life, pause during those difficult times. Cry aloud to the Lord and be certain of this, as the psalmist says in verse 1, he will hear me. Do you know your God hears you? Sometimes it feels like he doesn't. Am I the only one who feels that way sometimes? Sometimes you pray and you pray and you're like, he has not done what I asked him to do. Are you even hearing me? The psalmist says, I cry aloud to him, and I know, I know he will hear me. Verse 2, in the day of trouble, I seek the Lord. When you come into times of trouble, when we come into times of difficulty, we don't just make the kind of nod toward God by praying to him and then just going on into the situation on our own efforts. That's the kind of just courteous nod to him. It was the right thing to do. But what does the psalmist say? I seek you. I think that in the church today, we've lost the discipline of seeking. In a world filled with instant gratification, why would we seek when if something doesn't provide what we're looking for, we just find an alternative? We just find something different. The psalmist says here, in my day of trouble, I seek the Lord. I know that no one else can take care of me. Of course, he understood. is the same one that as a child walked down into this valley to face a giant. He's the same one who kept his faith and kept his eyes on the Lord. And even when he struggled, even when he sinned and rebelled, when the sin was brought before him, he repented and came to him, he understands that in the day of trouble, it's not enough just to nod to him, just to pray once and say, all right, I've checked that off my list. But in my day of trouble, I seek the Lord. should be said of our church, especially as we celebrate Veterans Day and we look to our country. Uh, I was reading this past week of a prominent city official in uh, Shelby County, who was publicly condemning a Christian school for speaking to the parents and the students about biblical sexual ethics, about how God made men and women differently. And this prominent county official was condemning the school for doing that. Now, it's easy, and if you're like me, you got really angry at that person, really angry that a politician would say such a thing. But, friends, that's the world we live in. So, what do we do? We seek the Lord. Lord, some trust in politics, and others trust in their social maneuvering. But as for us, your church, we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Verse 2 he says, I will seek the Lord. In the night my hand is stretched out without wearying. Again, instant gratification. Sometimes we pray and then we go about our day. But when's the last time that you went to bed praying and you were up during the middle of the night praying? And you were saying, Lord, if you don't step in, if you don't fix this, if you don't if you don't do this, nothing's gonna work. Lord, I need you right now. I heard Pastor of Bellevue, Brother Steve Gaines say, we've lost the O in prayer. Oh Lord, desperation calling out to him. In the night he says, I've stretched out without wearying. My soul, he says in verse 2, refuses to be comforted. I know we're moving pretty slowly. We're about to pick up here. But let me hit home real quick because a lot of times when we come to the Lord and we ask Him and we beg and we know something difficult's going on in our life, we look for distractions. Right? Don't we do that? We, we turn on the TV and just get distracted. Zone out in our phone. Zone out in a book. Zone out with whatever other thing that's going on in your life. And yet what the psalmist is saying here is I'm setting aside all of those distractions. I'm refusing to be comforted in any of these things because I want to be comforted in you and you alone. Look at what he says in verse 3. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. He's grieving because there was a time when he would speak the name of the Lord, when he would call upon his name. And they were near and they were close. But now, obviously, what appears throughout this passage by their sin and their being drawn away from the Lord, they're distant. And he says, so when I think about the Lord, I moan and I'm weary because I'm not close to him the way that I once was. Verse 4, you hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. Verse 6. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Listen to these five questions he asks. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? we going through a troubling time. This... Particular chapter, we don't know when this happened in the psalmist's life. We don't know what exactly was going on. We don't know the exact conditions, but we know that their turning away from God or their sin has brought them away from Him. And what they're asking, what the psalmist is saying is here, will the Lord spurn us forever and never again be favorable? Have you felt like that sometimes? You know, it's okay to express to God how you feel, He knows it anyways, right? Now, you be reverent when you do so. You remember that, yes, he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, but he's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you address him as such, but he can handle it when you say, Lord, are, are you going to leave me here forever? He can handle that. He can handle your fears and fresh. He knows them anyway. The psalmist says, will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Second question, has his steadfast love forever ceased? Has he stopped loving me? In the midst of all this, have you stopped loving me? Third question, are his promises at an end for all time? Surely the psalmist would think he would be right in doing so because of his own failures, that God would be right in not fulfilling His end of the bargain, since God's people didn't fulfill their end of the bargain. But God's not like man. Verse 9, has God forgotten to be gracious? Oh, what a fearful question to ask. There comes a time in the life of individuals and in the life of nations where God's grace has stopped. You look at the nations of Sodom and Gomorrah. You look at the nations that were kicked out of the promised land as God's people inhabited them. And there was an end to an element of grace that he had, or an element of mercy that he had bestowed upon them. So the psalmist says, has his... Has He forgotten to be gracious to us? I think we're coming to a time in America where that question could even be somewhat asked. Lord, maybe not have you forgotten, but Lord, are you done giving grace to this nation who is in constant rebellion against you? And make make no mistake, and I make no apology for saying What is evident to everyone who reads the word and looks to our culture, our nation. And it appears our people have abandoned God. Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Verse 10. Then I said, I will appeal to this to the years of the right hand of the most high. He's thinking of God's people now. So I'm going to begin, he says, I'm going to begin to think back to God's word and his dealing with his people. What does he say next in verse 11? I will remember the deeds of the Lord. His first step, he goes to God's word and he's going to remember all that God has done. The Bible tells us all the time we're to look back at God's dealing with his saints, with his people. Here we're to recall to this, we're to recall to mind God's faithfulness. And he says, I remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. When you're going through difficult times, friends, it is great to know the Word because you can remember how God has been faithful. You can remember how he has taken care of his people. He says in verse 12, not only does he remember, but he says, I will ponder all your work. That remember kind of turns here in my mind to ruminating. He's pondering. He's beginning to think about how God has done that. You know, you've, we've sang that song before that old hymn, Count Your Blessings. Count your blessings, name them one by one. That was this song we always sang as I was growing up. I know you've sang it many times, and it's going to surprise you what the Lord has done here. We're taught to ponder, to remember all that God has done, not in our lives necessarily, but looking in his word at his faithfulness, not just remembering it, but thinking about it. When you're doing that, The issues and the troubles in your life get much, much smaller because you are reminded, as you continually think about it, as you ponder it, God's faithfulness to his people. But not only does he say he remembers and he ponders all your work, he says in, in verse 12, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. That's more than thinking. That's taking it to heart. The Bible says that we're to meditate on God's Word day and night. Eastern meditation and Eastern religions teaches that meditation is getting things out of your mind. Trying to make your mind blank. That's easier for some people than others. But Christian meditation is filling your mind with God's Word. Not just your mind, filling your heart with God's Word. He says, I remember, I ponder, I meditate. I meditate. Then he says this in verse 13 Your way, O God, is holy. He acknowledges, God, you're right. And everything you do, your way is holy. In another very real sense, he's saying here, My way is not. Your way, O God, he says, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the people. You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. They says in verse 16, when the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. He continues talking about all this work of the Lord. And look in verse 19. He says, your way was through the sea. Speaking of the Lord, your path to the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You remember that old poem Footprints, that speaks of uh, Jesus and looking uh, someone looking back on their life and they see there's two sets of footprints in the sand and when there are difficult times there's just one set of footprints and uh, in my recollection of the poem at least there's a little bit of frustration because Lord you abandoned me during that time and in the poem Jesus says no, during those times I carried you. But you know, God's footprints... Largely in our lives are unseen. And you can know that right now, even in whatever situation that's going on in your life, when it seems good or when it seems bad, he's, he is working out his plan. He's not stopped moving. He's not done. He didn't s- step off of his throne to go take a nap. He's not forgotten his word. He's not forgotten that he is... Rich in mercy and in grace toward his people. He has not forgotten you. He's working out all things for your good and for his glory. And he has poured out all of the blessings from heaven that are in the heavenly places. He's poured them all out upon his believers. Friends, we have the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit We as God's people, I mean, from diverse backgrounds, think of all the differences of opinions. Think of all the differences of backgrounds in this room. God has brought us together. No one else can do that. Look at all that God has done. When his footprints are unseen, it does not mean that they are not there. And so the psalmist sings this song and the ending is, is his understanding that even in the difficult times, God, you're still in control. God, even in the most difficult of times, I know that you're still working things out for your glory and my good. And so here's my encouragement to you. In whatever situations we go through in our life, turn to God first. Turn to his word. Hide his word in your heart. Don't go to the things of this world or the people of this world. Don't go to distractions. They feel good for the moment. These distractions get your mind off of the real problem, but the problem is still there. Take it to the Lord and trust, trust that he's moving and he's working it out for his glory and for your good. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for your word. And I thank you that doesn't return void and so lord i pray that even tonight as i've preached your word that through my own weaknesses lord you've been able to i know speak to your people and communicate to them the truth and illuminate the truth of your word in their hearts let us be people who come to you when we have times of trouble and lean upon you it's in jesus name we pray these things amen Thank you for joining us for this episode of First Importance. We invite you to check out our other sermons on this podcast and to join us in person on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m., as well as streaming live on Sunday mornings at 10.45. We hope to see you soon at First Baptist West Memphis, where we love God, care for one another, and share the gospel.